Well, Gamecock Nation, it's time for me to either put up or shut up. So today, I'm going to put up my predictions for South Carolina's 2022 football season. Locked on Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. All right, so let's not beat around the bush here. On today's show, I'm going to make my predictions for what I think South Carolina is going to do in this upcoming football season. To put it bluntly, I'm going to give a game-by-game breakdown of the 2022 schedule, predicting the win-loss record along the way, and maybe give some brief background information on the opponent, say whether or not I think we'll win or lose, and then give my reasoning behind my prediction. Plus, at the end, I'll give my final SEC East prediction and a summary for why I think it'll end up that way. So that is going to be the roadmap for today's show. So let's go ahead and get on right into it with week one against Georgia State. So Georgia State does return a lot of their production from last year, returning 78% of the production from 2021. An eight-win team that they fielded and are led by head coach Sean Elliott, who is going into his fifth or sixth season with the Georgia State Panthers. He has a 500 record up to this point, but he has won three bowl games in four bowl appearances, and he was a former assistant at South Carolina for seven seasons between 2010 and 2016. And the Georgia State Panthers, as it has been mentioned before, have done well against SEC opponents in the past. They won at Tennessee 38-30 to in week one back in 2019 and lost at Auburn 34-24 to in 2021, but we're winning for a decent portion of that ball game. So there's no question about it. This is going to be a really tough test to start with the football season. And we should not overlook Georgia State just because of the name and logo that they carry. This is going to be a really good team. In my opinion, they'll be one of the best group of five teams in college football this next year. They might have a really good chance to compete for a Sunbelt Conference title. And with how quickly things are going to ratchet up for South Carolina with Arkansas and Georgia, they cannot afford to overlook this opponent. But in my opinion, at the end, this is going to be a comfortable win for South Carolina. And I got a few reasons why. It's going to be a night game in Williams-Brice Stadium. It's going to be unlike any environment that Georgia State will have played in all season long. And in my opinion, the talent and depth gap that Georgia State has compared to South Carolina is going to show up in the second half. I think that Georgia State can make this a very interesting game all the way up to about halftime. And I think once the second half gets underway, South Carolina should slowly but surely pull away from the Georgia State Panthers. So I'm going to bank on the fact that the Gamecocks are not going to overlook the Georgia State Panthers and that Coach Shane Beamer and this coaching staff are going to make sure that with all their preparation leading into the game. Now let's move on to week two at Arkansas. 
Arkansas is, of course, coming off a really memorable season from 2021 where they won nine games, including the Outback Bowl against Penn State. They also won games against Texas, Texas A&M, and LSU. They have not won those kind of games in a very long time. And the Razorbacks returned some really stout players on offense, like quarterback K.J. Jefferson, running backs Raheem Rocket Sanders and Dominique Johnson, along with four out of their five offensive line starters from last year. But they will have a void to fill at wide receiver after losing Traylon Burks to the NFL. Their defense also loses a ton of starters and leadership, and linebackers Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry, defensive backs Joe Focha and Greg Brooks, defensive lineman John Ridgway and Trey Williams. But they do add linebacker Drew Sanders from Alabama out of the transfer portal, and they return linebacker Bumper Poole and safety Jalen Catalan, who dealt with some injuries last year. And the Razorbacks also have one of the best coordinator pairings, in my opinion, in the entire country, an offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles and defensive coordinator Barry Odom. So with this game against Arkansas, I unfortunately think that this is going to wind up being a close loss for South Carolina. This is going to be a very tough game on the road in Fayetteville. While their stadium only holds about, I believe, 60 to 65,000 fans, they can get loud and rowdy in Fayetteville. It is a very raucous home environment. In my opinion, the Razorbacks are going to work real hard to try to establish a running game here. And while I think South Carolina's rush defense will be improved this year because of the emphasis that's been put on it and the scheme continuity with Clayton White's 4-2-5 system, I don't think that the Gamecocks are going to be able to stifle the Hogs' running game for all four quarters. Also, another really important note here. This is going to be the first road game for South Carolina's new kicker, whether it is Mitch Jeter or Alex Herrera, who I've heard has actually made a real big push here in this competition. And I just have a weird feeling that this will play a role in this game. This game could come down to some special team plays. And of course, while I have no doubt about kickoff team and the punt team and even kickoff return and punt return, the kicking game, in my opinion, could play a big factor here. So if that's the case, then that could end up biting South Carolina in the rear at the end of the day. So I think the Gamecocks will fight hard and valiantly here, but I do believe at the end of the day, this will be a loss for the Gamecocks. Moving on to week three against Georgia. Georgia, of course, is the reigning defending national champions, and they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, no matter how many players they lost. They always are solid in the trenches. They returned quarterback Stetson Bennett, and they probably have the best tight end unit in all of college football. They do lose a lot of experience, however, on defense, as only three starters from last year's team are returning for this season. They also lose defensive coordinator Dan Lanning, who accepted the head coaching job at Oregon, so now, Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp are co-defensive coordinators for this Kirby Smart coached team. So what do I think is going to happen with this game? Well, unfortunately, Gamecock fans, I'm going to label this as a discomforting loss. And I will say this could end up even being a blowout. Look, I understand that some of us are probably sitting here thinking it's early in the year, Georgia, of course, is always going to be talented, but they lose so much on defense. There's got to be some way that we take advantage of some of the, maybe not lack of experience, but lack of real starting experience with this Georgia defense. And I could see a path where South Carolina is able to exploit that some, at least early on in the ball game. But I get a lot of 2018 vibes from this game. In 2018, these were very similar situations to where we are heading for this game. South Carolina was coming off a season in which they really exceeded the expectation levels that were placed on them. In 2017, they had won the Outback Bowl, won nine games, and they were coming to 2018 looking like a dark horse in the SEC East. 
while Georgia was coming off a college football playoff appearance and very nearly beat Alabama for the national title in 2017 and were replacing a lot of starters and a lot of leadership from that team. And I sort of feel like because of that, a lot of fans are going to get their hopes up that this could be a game where the Gamecocks give the Bulldogs a legit fight. And I do believe that the Gamecocks can at least force Georgia to be one-dimensional on offense and have to run the football for the most part to win this game. The issue is, I don't know if South Carolina has enough overall depth throughout the entire defensive line to be able to slow them down for all four quarters. And same thing with South Carolina's offensive line going against Georgia's ferocious defensive front. And the Arkansas game, of course, is going to be a very physical matchup. It may give the Gamecocks some wear and tear heading into this game while Georgia is playing Samford in Week 2 and Kent State afterwards so they can put all of their full focus and attention on this game against South Carolina. So despite the fact the Gamecocks have home field advantage and this game is early in the year, I do think that the Gamecocks will inevitably lose to the Georgia Bulldogs, and I believe they will start off the year one and two. Now, in just a few moments, I'll go over weeks four through ten, what I think is going to happen throughout that entire stretch of ball games. But before I do, I have a quick word from our friends over at Bet Online, who is the sponsor for today's episode. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online resource for odds, lines, and games, along with reviews and news of every league, including the NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, combat sports, golf, and yes, even esports. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering needs, including live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered in all facets. So be sure to head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn the latest about the trends and action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Hello, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Thank y'all once again for making us your first listen every day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football insiders. It's everything that you need to be ready for the college football season all in one spot. So search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's continue with my 2022 football predictions here for South Carolina, starting back off at week four against the Charlotte 49ers. Now, Charlotte only had a five and seven record in 2021. They do return a lot of their team from last season, returning 75% of their production, according to ESPN's Bill Connolly. But in my opinion, this is going to be a name your score type of ball game in favor of the Gamecocks. In this exact scenario, in my opinion, the Gamecocks would have a chip on their shoulder to bounce back after back-to-back losses against Arkansas and Georgia. And the talent gap is just too large here for Charlotte to overcome. Plus, their defense in 2021, when researching this team earlier today, I found gave up an average of 34 points per game which was tied for the 15th worst mark in all of college football last year. And with all the improvements the Gamecocks have made on the offensive side of the ball this offseason, yeah, this could end up being a game that gets ugly for the Charlotte 49ers and in a hurry. Now, moving on to Week 5 against South Carolina State, sort of the same deal here. And look, they're led by head coach Buddy Pugh, who's coming back for his 21st season at South Carolina State, has been remarkably consistent 
with the Bulldogs. They went 7-5 and five last year and won the Celebration Bowl over Jackson State, who was led by head coach Deion Sanders. A massive win for the football program, and I really respect what Buddy Pugh has done there. But again, this is going to be a name-your-score type of ball game. With all due respect, they're just not on the same level as the South Carolina Gamecocks. The talent gap is way too large here. This is a game where the Gamecocks should be hoping to get a lot of their backups and young guys in the ball game after halftime. Now, let's move on to Week 6 at Kentucky, where the schedule really starts to ratchet back up here. Kentucky is coming off their second double-digit win season in just four years, winning 10 games in 2021, including the Citrus Bowl over the Iowa Hawkeyes. And Mark Stoops heading into this season is looking to become the winningest coach in Kentucky football history, but he does lose some important pieces from last year's team. Offensive coordinator Liam Cohen is now the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams in the NFL. Co-defensive coordinator John Summerall has now become the head coach at Troy. They do return some key players in quarterback Will Levis, running back Chris Rodriguez, along with one of the best linebacker groups, in my opinion, in the entire SEC. But they do lose three offensive linemen to the NFL and wide receivers Wondell Robinson and Josh Ali, along with an important defensive piece in safety, Yusuf Corker. So what do I think is going to happen with this game? I think that this is going to be a close win for the South Carolina Gamecocks. I think the Gamecocks avenge their loss from 2021, a game where a lot of South Carolina fans feel like if we even had just fielded an average offense on the field this last year, then South Carolina would have no doubt defeated the Kentucky Wildcats. Will Levis, quite frankly, was not very good last year in terms of passing the football. And Chris Rodriguez having some success in the ground game pretty much made the Kentucky Wildcats one-dimensional. And while the Wildcats rushed, I believe, for over 200 yards against the Gamecocks, it wasn't like they were getting 15 yards here, 20 yards here. The Gamecocks at least made them earn every single yard they got, and they still only held them to 16 points and forced three turnovers. So again, if the offense had just showed up that night, South Carolina would have probably won that game. Instead, because of the offense's ineptitude and some really solid play, of course, by Kentucky on some critical third and fourth downs, they ended up winning. But heading into this year, I got to be honest, I don't trust quarterback Will Levis. Look, Will Levis is a slightly above average quarterback in my mind. Yes, he's got all the physical intangibles that you could want in a quarterback. He's got a certain moxie with him. He does put mayonnaise in his coffee. He eats bananas whole. And he does have above average arm strength. But I really question his decision making and quite frankly, how consistent he can be with his accuracy, especially down the field. Plus, how is he going to do without wide receiver Wandale Robinson and those three NFL offensive linemen being in front of him? And I get it. For most quarterbacks, that would be something that would be quite problematic for them to have to overcome. But in Will Levis's case, I feel like a lot of these guys that were on Kentucky's team last year really masked a lot of the deficiencies that Levis has in his game. And I think that those deficiencies are going to show up a lot more this year because he's not going to get as much help. He's going to have to be a guy that carries this offense more. And quite frankly, I don't think he has that kind of ability. I feel like over this offseason, the Gamecocks have gotten much more talented and deeper, while the Wildcats lost some talent and aren't as deep in certain spots. And I think that'll be just enough, despite being a road game for the Gamecocks, 
to get this one done and win against the Wildcats. Now, week seven, of course, they have a bye week, and then they go into week eight playing the Texas A&M Aggies. The Aggies are coming off another eight and four season with Coach Jimbo Fisher going into year five. They do return the second least amount of production from 2021 in the SEC, and they lose guys like running back Isaiah Spiller, left guard Kenyon Green, and three out of their four starters on the defensive line. But they did bring in the number one recruiting class in modern recruiting history as the Aggies landed eight five stars and 24 stars according to 24-7 sports composite rankings. So with all that being said about the Aggies, what do I think is going to happen in this game? I think that the Gamecocks are going to actually find a way to win this ball game. This is my biggest upset pick of the season, quite frankly, for the South Carolina Gamecocks. And there's a couple of simple, yet in my opinion, fairly logical reasons. First of all, I think that the experience factor is going to play heavily in the favor here of South Carolina. They returned 71% of their production from last year, while the Aggies returned only 60%, and I believe based on the projected too deep from Phil Steele, a college football pundit, they only have two seniors in their too deep for the entire offense and defensive side of the ball. The Aggies are going to be relying on a lot of, yes, very talented, but also extremely young players on this team to step in and help right away. And listen, in other conferences like maybe the Big Ten even and the ACC, the Big 12, Pac-12, you can get away with that a little bit with that kind of recruiting class. This is the SEC. This conference is a completely different conference from every other one that I just mentioned. And so because of that, I think that's going to snowball for the Aggies at a certain portion of the season. They got some real tough games before this one against the likes of Mississippi State and Alabama. They play Alabama before their bye week, which also is before their game against South Carolina. And I think there's going to be some emotions coming out of that Bama game that because of this young team, they're not going to get over immediately. Maybe they overlook the Gamecocks a little bit because of what they've done in years past. And while both teams do have a bye week, the Gamecocks have shown that their staff does a great job of making adjustments when they get some ample time in order to sit down and talk with one another and really look and see what they need to improve. They showed that last year, especially offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield, and I think that that same thing will happen again this season, especially considering the fact they had the Aggies at home. Again, I'm calling this to be the biggest upset of the year for South Carolina right here, right now. I think they will beat the Texas A&M Aggies in Columbia. All right, now moving on to week nine against the Missouri Tigers. Missouri's Eli Drinkwitz is leading the Tigers into his third season as their head coach. They went six and seven last year, despite the defense giving up an average of 33.8 points per game. And they bring in the number one wide receiver in the country for the 2022 recruiting class in Luther Burden, who's expected to star alongside Toski Dove, I believe is how you pronounce his name, and Mookie Cooper, who ends up creating a really underrated wide receiver group, in my opinion. But in my opinion, while this series has been very weird, honestly, there's been a lot of crazy games with the Missouri Tigers, and I have to respect them for this much. They always bring it against the Gamecocks. They always give us a pretty solid fight and normally make us earn it. And they own a three-game winning streak heading into 2022. This year is going to change all that. I think South Carolina is not only going to win this game. I think South Carolina should comfortably 
win this game. Kind of like Kentucky, what I mentioned earlier, I think that the Gamecocks were hamstrung by, quite frankly, just bad quarterback play. That was a game where Jason Brown, quite frankly, went back into his backyard football playing style way too much being back in the pocket, and Missouri keyed in on that, and they, quite frankly, made us pay for it. They also, I believe, forced a couple turnovers last year as well. Plus, quite frankly, Tyler Beatty was a running back that the Gamecocks just could not stop. And unless they've got a factory located somewhere at their school where they're just trotting out another Tyler Beatty, I highly doubt they have a guy that's that dominant in their running back room once again. Plus, I have some question marks about their quarterback position. I have heard our Locked On Mizzou host apparently shows some confidence that Brady Cook can be a solid quarterback for the Missouri Tigers and apparently was someone that looked decent at certain times this past year. But in my opinion this year... It's the Gamecocks' turn to get the Tigers back. I think the Tigers have done well against the Gamecocks, but every game the last few years, despite them winning, has been very, very close. I think the Gamecocks improved way more than the Tigers in the offseason, and I think that the Gamecocks are going to win by a couple scores here against Missouri. Welcome back to the final segment of today's show, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Thank you once again for making us your first listen every day. All right, so I'm going to try to rapid fire these last four games so I can go over my thoughts on what the SEC East Division will look like at the end of the year and then give you all, of course, South Carolina's final record. So week 10 at Vanderbilt. Simply put, I think that this is going to be a name-your-score type of ball game. Clark Lee comes in to his second year at Vanderbilt, coming off a 2-10 and season. They did announce Mike Wright would be their starting quarterback back in the summertime. And in my opinion, I think that is a pretty decent move by the Commodores but talent gap is just too big here and yes I know that Vanderbilt very nearly and probably should have beat South Carolina last year but we also got to face facts South Carolina also was sputtering on offense like I've mentioned with Missouri and Kentucky they turned over the ball two or three times in that game and they were also being extremely undisciplined with penalties so to act like that Vanderbilt just dominated the entire ball game is just ludicrous And yes, again, they fought very valiantly, and I do think they will improve slightly on their win-loss record this year, but one of those wins will not be against South Carolina. This is a game where the South Carolina Gamecocks should pretty much make this a rout, in my opinion. Moving on to Week 11 against the Florida Gators. South Carolina's, of course, playing the Gators on the road. The Gators are bringing in first-year head coach Billy Napier, an entire new staff, after Dan Mullen basically messed up a really good situation for himself this past year with a lot of his shenanigans. I will say this, I think that it's a little bit ridiculous just how much benefit of the doubt Florida has gotten this offseason. The fact that I'm seeing Florida consistently being predicted to finish ahead of South Carolina in the SEC East Division, even though there's a ton of questions about their depth, it seems like their offense is going to be just Anthony Richardson and everyone else, a ragtag bunch of guys. Um, And again, a first-year coaching staff, and it's not like they were coaching at a Big 12 school or a Big 10 school that was in the Power 5. They were coaching in the Sunbelt Conference, and again, that's no offense to the Sunbelt Conference whatsoever, but the SEC is an entirely different animal. Plus, Florida's going to be coming off games against Georgia and Jacksonville for the world's largest cocktail party, and at Texas A&M the week prior to this game, while the Gamecocks play Missouri at home and then Vanderbilt on the road. So the schedule dynamic obviously favors the Gamecocks here. 
I don't think that this is going to be a loss for the Gamecocks. I'm very confidently going to say the Gamecocks will win this game. I think that their depth is better compared to Florida's, and I think South Carolina's talent level is good enough that they're going to go in there, and they're going to win this ball game, and I would be surprised if it comes down to the wire at the end, to be honest. I'm not saying that they're going to blow Florida out like they did this past year. I understand there were some external factors that were going on in that game with that entire team and the culture aspect, but I still think the Gamecocks win by probably a couple of scores here. Then the Gamecocks come back home to play the Tennessee Volunteers at home, and I hate to say it, y'all, I think that this is a loss for South Carolina. Once again, I don't think the Gamecocks are going to get boat raced like they did last year. The Gamecocks gave up, I think, 28 points in the first quarter alone. Yeah, I will be very shocked if that happens again. I think South Carolina's defense, quite frankly, was not prepared to face that kind of an offense with the up-tempo, no-huddle pace that Josh Heupel likes to run with his teams. I don't think that those guys were prepared to play in a environment like Neyland Stadium where you have 100,000 plus people just screaming their heads off at you. This year, they get the Tennessee Volunteers at home. And while the Gamecocks, in my opinion, will do better against Tennessee, I think Tennessee just has too much talent on the offensive side of the ball. I think that Hendon Hooker will find a way to make some plays. And even though their defense might not be the deepest unit, I was very impressed with what they did last year under defensive coordinator Tim Banks. I liked Tim Banks a lot as a defensive coordinator in this conference. And I think that he has proven himself to be a really solid coach. And so I think that this could end up being maybe a high-scoring ball game for both sides. But in the end, if it ends up turning into that kind of a ball game, I have to favor the Tennessee Volunteers, even though the game is at home for the Gamecocks. Plus, the Volunteers play Missouri at home the week prior and Vanderbilt on the road the week after. Compared to South Carolina, they own the schedule dynamic advantage, and they return more production than even South Carolina does. So when taking all that into account, I think Tennessee wins this game. Last game of the season at Clemson. Obviously, the game that every Gamecock fan circles on their schedule every single year. The Gamecocks, I believe, have now lost seven or eight games in a row to the Clemson Tigers. And I hate to say this, y'all. I think that the streak continues for the Gamecocks after this year. I think the Gamecocks lose this game. Now, I will say this. Again, like I mentioned with Tennessee, it is not going to be 30 to nothing again. I'm sorry. That is just not going to happen, Clemson Tiger fans. But I will say this. I think that it is very worrisome for South Carolina that the one unit that they are maybe the most concerned about in the offensive line hanging into this year, in this case, we're going to be assuming at this point in the year, is going up against the Clemson Tigers' strongest unit in their defensive line, who apparently has at least four or five NFL draft picks in that group. So just looking at that, I'm very concerned already about the trenches for that side of the ball. I do think South Carolina's defense can really force some turnovers and maybe get DJ Uyangalale or Cade Klubnik, whoever the quarterback is at that point, in a little bit of trouble. I think that this could be a low-scoring type of ball game and get a little bit ugly, which in my opinion will make this game a lot closer. But at the end of the day, I just think that Clemson still has too much talent on their roster to lose this football game. And the fact that it is at Clemson and not in Columbia, South Carolina also makes me a little bit more worried. And also just the pressure of trying to end the streak really succumb over the South Carolina Gamecock football team. Obviously, you would hope that's not the case, but you never know what's going on through those guys' head during a football game. Overall, I just don't think the Gamecocks are quite there yet to where they can finally flip this series back into their favor and defeat the Tigers. I think that Clemson defeats South Carolina. 
So with all these predictions now finalized, what do I think South Carolina's final record is going to be for 2022? I think the Gamecocks are going to once again exceed expectations despite losing some of these bigger marquee games. I think they will finish 8-4 and four and 5-3 and three in conference play. So you may be wondering, okay, well, where do you think that's going to stand against everyone else in the SEC East? Well, don't worry. If you're watching this on YouTube, here is a photo of how I think the division will finish. And for those of you listening on an audio podcast app, I'll read this off to you real quick. I think that Georgia's still got too much talent on that roster to lose more than one game. I got them finishing first, 11-1, 7-1 the conference, and winning the SEC East. In second place, I have Tennessee. I think that Tennessee is actually legit this year. I think that if they just have an average defense, quite honestly, combined with that high-powered offense, I think that this year's Tennessee team could be almost like Ole Miss from last year, but with even more points being scored. And that's a real dangerous thought for the rest of this conference. I think Tennessee goes 10-2, 6-2 in conference play. South Carolina, I've already mentioned the record. I think they'll finish third in the East with an 8-4 record, 5-3 in conference play. Florida and Kentucky, in my opinion, will both finish tied for fourth. But I have Florida winning the tiebreaker against Kentucky, meaning I have them beating Kentucky. I think, though, Florida's going to take a lot more lumps than their fan base realizes, quite frankly. I actually have them going 5-7 and seven and 3-5 and five in conference play. I have them missing out on a bowl game. Kentucky, I have you going 7-5, and 3-5 and five in conference play, and again, losing that tiebreaker to Florida. Missouri, I think you're in for a rough season, quite honestly. I just look at your roster, and I just don't see enough talent at enough spots to where I can be confident in saying that you're going to win more than one conference game. I think you'll beat Vanderbilt, and that's about it. I got you going 4-8, and 1-7 and in conference play, finishing in 6th. And then lastly, I have the Vanderbilt Commodores, who I do think are going to hit their over this year, which I believe is right now at two and a half games. I could be wrong on that, but I have you going three and nine, oh and eight in conference play. You will finish dead last in the SEC East, but subsequently you will improve a little bit, in my opinion, and probably be a little bit more competitive than you were in 2021. So anyways, y'all, those are my predictions for the South Carolina Gamecocks in 2022 and how I think the SEC East is going to finish up. So what are your thoughts on my predictions? Do you think that I nailed these or do you think that I'm completely wrong? No matter how you feel about these predictions, I do want to hear your thoughts down below in the comments section if you're watching this on YouTube. And of course, if you're listening to this on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And also, if you've enjoyed the Locked On Gamecocks podcast and you want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, then make Locked On SEC your second listen every day with host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On, where they take you across the entire SEC in just 30 minutes. So again, make Locked On SEC your second listen after, of course, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Quick note, yesterday's Locked On SEC show with Chris Gordy, I actually was featured in an interview with him talking about South Carolina football and what I think could happen this upcoming season so feel free to go check that out over on locked on sec on youtube and wherever you listen to your podcast if you want to hear how i think maybe the players and the team will turn out for this season so once again y'all that's going to do it for me on today's show hope that y'all have a great rest of your friday and a fantastic weekend we're just eight days away from the carolina kickoff i'll catch you on the next show of the locked on gamecocks podcast 